Hey everybody, it's uh, Dave here. We're just putting out the audio tracks from the first two or three uh, um, hangouts or show-and-tell episodes. The thinking is that not everyone's going to take time to actually watch the hangouts, and I suppose you could hit play and just listen to them in the background, but this format, some people are... Um, actually automatically downloading us through iTunes, so this way it'll be available there also, having the audio tracks here as an episode. So, if you've already watched the Hangouts, then you won't find too much of interest in this episode at all, except perhaps this message I received. Flying Schmidt, this is Principal Skinner. Just got back from the school board meeting. It wasn't good. You know you're on academic probation with that uh, little stunt you did with the German puppet in the classroom? Well, we looked at episode, uh, or ASL Extra 15, and frankly, we, we can't have you teaching the students history anymore. You've been uh, on, a, you're on academic probation now, and we're removing you as a teacher with the children, anything to do with history. April 1941, really? What happened in December 41, Kleinschmidt? Pearl Harbor. And then, you've been playing ACL 1,000 games. You know the Shermans don't show up in 41. That should have been your first clue. Then today we were listening to episode 73, and you didn't know what Watch on the Rhyme was? Really? It's the Battle of the Bulge, son. Anyways, when you go to school on Monday, just report to my office. We'll have you do filing until we find out what we can do with you. Well, don't worry, folks, that really wasn't my principal calling, but it just shows you the kind of jokesters we get on our show. You listeners have such senses of humor. I can't help it if I can't keep all my historical things straight. Please forgive me. Anyway, with no more ado, we're off to listen to the audio tracks of the first Hangout. <laughs> celebrities, persona non gratas, or is it non gratae? Anybody speak Latin out there? <laughs> Whatever it is. Crazy guys, friends, and uh, today on our show, this is our first show, so we're very excited to be doing it. However, you'll notice that Dave is not with me tonight, Dave Kleinschmidt. He had some stuff going on at home and couldn't make it, but the show must go on. We, we have somebody else that, that couldn't make it, but the show's going on anyway. So I'll introduce our guests tonight. First, we have from the Texas ASL group, if I can use that as, as a way to identify you, is Matt Shostak. Say hi, Matt. Hi there. Hi there. It's good to be here. We're glad. You're down in the Austin area. I am indeed. And it's raining cats and dogs? Still. It's been raining for about an hour now, which is remarkable. Check your feet. Are there? Are, are you standing in a puddle? <laughs> no, I'm... I'm Comfortably warm and dry in my uh, living room. Oh, great. That's great. Well, glad you could make it. Also with us, uh, Ben Clark, uh, connecting to us from his studio. <laughs> from his professional broadcast studio. Yes, yes. Michigan. Hi, Ben. Hi, how's it going? It's going great. And Excellent. Ben Clark is uh, the co-host host, co-host, slash co-host of a podcast, a very good podcast called Paper Money. Tell us a little about Paper Money, Ben. Paper Money is about the business side of the game industry. So 
we're not going to tell you, oh, this latest game is really cool because it's fun to play. We're going to tell you this latest game is really cool because it's making somebody a ton of money and it represents a new twist in the industry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's uh, one of the things. We had a great show a couple of weeks ago with a lot of positive feedback called All About Boxes. That was a great that show. Was, that was, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, if you're if you're a total geek and you're inter interested in the business side of games, we we cover all the angles. So it wasn't as cool as one of your uh, what's in the box episodes, you know, <laughs> where we analyze the art and things like that. But uh, yeah, so well, yeah, the business side. And you speak uh, with some authority on that topic because you have been in the business side of gaming. Correct. I've worked at the, uh, a game distributor. I have also done uh, game printing uh, for many years. Recently stopped doing that because there was no money left in it in the United States. But, um, yeah, so if somebody has a question about, say, oh, how deep should my box be, boy, I'm the guy. You know, how many cards go on a single sheet of paper? I'm the guy to ask that question. It's a really, you know, if some people know dumb trivia, I know really uniquely dumb trivia. Very handy. Very handy in a group. Yeah, exactly. You must be very popular wherever you go. Oh, yes, yes. At parties, I'm the absolute life. <laughs> well, actually, you know, I, uh, if, if, if nobody has listened, if anybody watching this has not been listening to Paper Money Podcast, I recommend it because you might think that it would not be interesting, but you and Rhett Kipp, who is your other co-host, um, are very entertaining, and you make you make it all sound really interesting, and you cover a side of the gaming industry that we don't know that much about. Don't yeah, what, about. And it's, we, we were compliment. Yeah, we were complimented recently and told that we make it seem really interesting. So yes. I was. Uh, seem is the the operative word there. Yeah. So, but yes, well, check us out. We're over on the purplepawn.com, by the way. I have to get in a plug for my my corporate overlords. Right. Yeah. Good. Good thinking. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I think that's uh, interesting because we talk a lot about, on the two half squads, we are always talking about the, in, in the unavailability of games from a certain company that shall remain nameless, MMP. Um, and we always wonder about, like, why that is. And so you'll have to fill us in on that sometime. I will do my absolute best to read whatever tea leaves are available on the subject of MMP. I, I, I was laughing. We were laughing on the show recently. I just got my copy of um, The Kingdom of Heaven, which I, uh, I pre-ordered in 2008 and was uh, just made it off the P500 list over there at, uh, at MMP. So I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Well, the heck with you. All right, I'm going to sign you off. I thought you could answer some. Well, you know, questions. well, well, Kurt, Kurt's in a little bit of trouble right now, so I'm assuming that his attention yeah. is elsewhere. Yeah. So, we did, however, decide that MMP probably won't be listed as an asset, uh, so it should be able to continue functioning as normal. Yeah. Well, right. that, um, Matt, that was a little I'm game not... business comedy, by the way. <laughs> some people are laughing somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No one Matt, on the MMP payroll, I'm sure. Matt isn't totally uh, unfamiliar with publishing, I would say, but he, he publishes in uh, electronic format. So, uh, Matt, are you are you the editor, like the head editor right. of Bonsai Magazine? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I'm. Uh, I've chosen the title for myself of founder and uh, editor in chief. Yeah. And uh, but really, a lot of the 
day-to-day uh, -day work on it lately has been done by Rick Reinish. So I think he's taken the uh, title of uh, copy editor or, or some other such thing. You might want to look and see what he's got for the latest. Mm -hmm. But there it is. I see it on the screen. There it is. Yep. I think that's the most recent issue right there. 17.1 probably. Yeah. yeah. But you don't – have you ever um, – I mean, I know this is really a, a fanzine, but have you ever published this in paper, or has it always been electronic? It was paper in the very, very early days uh, when I when the club was just about a half dozen guys, and it was a three-page little newsletter that I would print out and mail to them. Kind of in sort of pre-internet days, it was. I mean, the internet was around, but it just wasn't as convenient for everybody to be hooked up as as it is today. So. Uh, yeah, it was it was done in paper format then, and online is just so much better. Let people print it out themselves if they want, or just archive it whatever way they want. Right. Right. So, uh, Ben, did you when you were in uh, printing, were you noticing a big impact as a result of electronic games? Here, I'm 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 going to put my beer on in a little more. Uh, this a better cup. I I shouldn't be drinking oh, nice. beer out of a bottle on it. <laughs> on a dignified show like this, so. Oh, yes. So That's Winston Churchill, right? Yeah. The, um, no, in terms of the, the electronic publishing, what it's done is let groups like Matt's group produce professional quality stuff for, quite frankly, and, and especially in the case of ASL, uh, games that otherwise wouldn't get enough support. Right. I mean, no, again, no offense to MMP. Um, love the products. Keep buying them all the time. Um, but it's they don't put out enough product to satisfy the fan base. And so what Matt's group does through electronic publishing is print product. Now, this is something that some companies really love. For instance, well, MMP uh, has always taken a, a kind eye towards third-party product. Uh, Games Workshop, on the other hand, uh, would have sent Matt a cease and desist letter about 17 years ago. Um, before he, in fact, we had the idea that their lawyers would have contacted them, but that's the way Games Workshop is. But the, the other hand, Games Workshop comes out with product about every three weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's a very, a very different market. Um, they're also a publicly traded company with lawyers on staff. Uh, but yeah, no, the electronic, uh, the electronic stuff is awesome. Uh, I've always pushed it for uh, small companies as a way to connect to the user base. Like, so if, even if you are doing a pencil and paper game, you need to have content online. You have your rules PDF uh, so that people can check out the game beforehand, build up the community, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I say this, by the way, I have a copy of the, uh, the Bunyan is the latest version of uh, Bonsai that I have. It's, it's, it's on my desktop. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I'll finally catch up uh, here at probably in a couple of weeks. But yeah, that's, yeah, I like those humor issues the best, I think. Yeah, how many of those humor issues have you done? Those, those normally come out on April 1st, right? The first couple did, and then finally we realized that it was, it was, it's very difficult for us to be funny, first of all. And second of all, it's very difficult to be funny about ASL. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it can take almost forever to get enough material to make one. So finally we decided, you know what, we're just going to put it out whenever we have it. Ah. And it, it's even funnier if you call it the April Fool's edition and it comes out in March or July or something. Oh, so. But that's a longstanding tradition. I mean, Avalon Hill, we used to joke that we'd get their Easter releases just in time for Christmas. You know, <laughs> so really within the ASL community, you're just following the form. That's yeah. very true. Yeah, very true. Matt, has uh, MMP ever called you and given you any 
advice about? No, not really. Uh, we've, I've talked with them a few times because I've submitted articles for publication in their product, the ASL Journal and so forth, and I've had a few articles published in the first few journals. And uh, I've, that's been about the extent of the contact there. They haven't really talked too much about bonsai. Uh, I think any of our authors would be happy if they wanted to use some of those articles, but mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they really see a point in doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really just a bunch of guys writing about the game and about their clubs, so uh, it's probably not as interesting to their wider audience. Yeah. That's my guess. Ben, are you buying uh, you? Are you buying ASL products? I know you've had some. I know you have had some in the past. But are you? I confess to not buying the last couple. So I apologize. You know, uh, written apologies are the best. I well, you know, when I, when when my son was born, I was like, aha. You know, in 12 to 15 years, I've got a, I've got a full-time opponent. Yes. And yes, and then spawn your own. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. Well, then World of Warcraft came out, and I, I I've I've lost, lost him. him. Yes. I, yeah. He's vaguely aware that World War II happened, uh, yeah. but I, trying to get him to the table. Uh, I've got Tide of Iron. He loves, but uh, I've had a hard time getting to the table on ASL. And the group here, we have a really active war games community in Grand Rapids, but uh, most of the guys are interested in the the lighter war games. I don't want to say it's as bad as Memoir 44, but in between Memoir 44 and ASL is everybody's comfort zone. And every time I bring up ASL, uh, I get funny looks. So still still looking for opponents here in uh, in West Michigan. So I haven't bought the last couple of products. I apologize, shame, but I'm still I'm still current. Well, you could probably get them on eBay for twice of their uh, retail price. <laughs> I think my copy of West of Alamein in its unpunched glory is, uh, I think I'm going to retire from that. It's, yeah. It's, I think you probably will. They'll they'll never ever ever reprint print the uh, the British again. So I'll, I'll be safe. It'll just yeah. keep going up in value. Well, I buy products when I can. Here's a little here's a little push for something that uh, Matt and company came out with. Actually, I should Did say you, it's had you nothing to do with me whatsoever. Yeah. Not at all. No, nope, I was not involved. That's just something that Rick Reinish put together for, as a giveaway at the tournament. He didn't even call you? Well, you know, we, I, at some point or another, some of those scenarios that are in there have been kicking around the ASL group here in Texas for a long, long time. Yeah. And so I've, I've probably play-tested one or two of them in the past. Like, I think uh -huh. a couple of the scenarios from Mike Sinigan, uh were things that he had unleashed on a tournament that he ran circa 1990 or something. Uh, so there, there's a couple of them are have been kicking around but not really seen much light of day from anyone. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Rick mainly uh, did that on his own. He's always liked to, at the tournament, have uh, some little special thing to, as a giveaway for everybody that's pre-registered. And, uh, you know, one year it was a deck of the uh, most wanted pl – no, that wasn't it. That, I can't, can't remember what he gave that year. But, uh, a, you know, little knickknacks and so forth for uh, for folks that attended. And for this 20th anniversary, you thought the scenario pack would be appropriate uh, from our club. So, and do you have kids at home? Uh, did you have you spawned any players? I hate to say it like no. It sounds kind of doity, doesn't it? Yeah, I haven't created any future ASL players. I'm afraid. There's still time. 
That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what I figure. Well, what's the average age of the ASL player at this point? You know, 40. So I figure the kids have time, totally. you know, to catch up with us. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Now, I, as I've mentioned before, I have girls. Uh, I had two girls. I had two girls and, and stopped there. But um, girls, can, they, girls can play, play ASL. Yeah. That, I've heard of such a thing. I haven't seen it, it but I've heard of it. It only happens in Europe, though. Well, I've seen uh, Dean Essig's wife mop the floor with people at uh, um, gamers tournaments. Uh, She used to play in HomerCon all the time. I don't know if you know, Dean Essig is the main designer for the the gamers series of games. Uh, Multi-man picked all that up. Um, But, yeah, uh, Sarah, Sarah Essig, yeah, she used to white people at Africa. So there there are female war gamers out there. Kind of sexy. I, you know what? If Felicia Day would 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 drop an ASL mention, I would. That would just be, yeah, I'd be all over it. We're trying to get. Um, well, we're not working very hard at it, but we'd kind of like to get a celebrity on our show. I mean, like a real celebrity on our show at some point. So we're. And you have of, an uh, ASL focus. Well, we're trying, we're, the, the <laughs> idea is to find somebody in Hollywood who does not play ASL, and we were, we were going to contact Will Wheaton and tell him we're looking for somebody that does not play ASL and that we've contacted all these people and they haven't gotten back to us, so we can only assume that they do indeed play ASL. <laughs> <laughs> and they've heard of the show, right, and that's why they didn't and, call you back? And that's why they didn't call us back, yeah. So, well, we'll see. I'm... Um, He's going to be at Gen Con this year. He's going to be a guest of honor at Gen Con. His show, by the way, um, again, I'm touching on the business side of things. His show, uh, his uh, video podcast, was it Tabletop or something like that? I yeah. can't remember the name. Yeah, I think it's called. Uh, they did a plug for Settlers of Catan resulted in a very large measurable bump in sales of even Settlers. Really? Yeah, and Settlers is already selling a, a gazillion copies a week. Yeah. Uh, huge bump in sales uh, from getting on tabletop. And I think somebody else just saw that effect as well. And I can't remember the name of the company. I think Rhett mentions it on our, our last show. Uh, but if you could get ASL mentioned on that show, then – we're in. There would be hundreds of people uh, disappointed once they get to <laughs> see how bloody complicated it all is. And uh, well, I think no, no, no. I think you've got the wrong. There would hundreds be hundreds of people who were able to get the product, and then yeah, then they'd run out of print. No, I'm teasing. I, I always thought the starter kits were a great intro game into World War II gaming. Uh, yeah. They're a little detailed, but if you if you start somebody on Memoir 44 and say, look. Did you not think that was real enough? Here, try this. Uh, the combat commander games are nice because of the card mechanic. A lot of people are familiar with that. But really, ASL Starter Kit, I think, is a, is a real vector into what the hobby is about. There's a lot of really neat stuff in there for people, and I, I think we should get Will Wheaton to pl- plug it. So yeah. if, I, if I see him at Gen Con in my, you know, in my major uh, status as uh, attendee, Yes. I'll, I'll be sure and, and, and try and get them for you guys. Well, I'm going to geek out and get in line and get his autograph, so we'll see if I, if I can develop some sort of elevator speech to get him interested in the idea. Nichelle Nichols is also going to be there. Uh, I, as, I saw that. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I can get her on the show. But I <laughs> That think, would be you know, interesting. interesting. To me is that the, the, the starter kits have been very popular, and yet um, there are certain ASL – Players, and I see this a lot on Game Squad, who argue that the starter kits 
really don't do anything for ASL. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, what do you think, Matt? Is the, have the starter kits really, have they helped or hurt, or have you noticed? I haven't really noticed a lot uh, in my case in particular, but I have heard of some people that have supposedly have picked up the starter kit and are interested in playing uh, fuller ASL after they've had some exposure to it. Whether the numbers of people doing that is large enough to be very significant, I have no idea. But anecdotally, I've certainly heard of a few cases. And I know, uh, again, in our club, we've, had, we've always had this thing since Rick Reinish has taken over that's running of the tournament that he has always been made available to play starter kit if anybody's interested in picking that up at the tournament. I think he has played a couple of games with more like drop-in type players that just wanted to get a starter kit game or, or two in. Mm -hmm. um, so it's probably a non-zero impact, but is it really a great impact? I have no idea. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't realize there was a dichotomy that uh, some of the grogs didn't like the starter kit, actually. so They feel like it's a dead end. They feel like uh, people that would otherwise have gotten into full rules will be, be tricked into buying the starter kits and then get to a point and become just happy with that and uh, feel like the full rules are, are too much to take on and will never take that extra step simply because they'll look at the rule book and think anything that thick must be something that I could not possibly ever understand, not understanding that so much of that stuff is... Well, they're right, but it's still fun. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. Isn't, isn't there a, still a segment of the squad leader community that plays the old squad leader as opposed to advanced squad leader? I mean, they, don't they still have their own Internet communities, message boards, and, and discuss the game among themselves, or am I way off base here? No, I, I think you're right about that. And, and um, you know, just as an aside, there's a very active Panzer Leader and Panzer Blitz uh, group still playing those games out there. So I think I think uh, definitely there's going to be a group playing just Squad Leader. Yeah. yeah. At, at one point, I think there was a Vassal Squad Leader port, right? So it was Vassal, but it was adapted for the old Squad Leader instead of the new. Oh. Uh, so I don't know how current that is. That was many years ago was the last time I looked at that. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're out there. I still have all my copies um, just because, well, they're beard pretzels. They're a lot of fun, you know, the, especially the early ones up through about Crescendo of Doom. By the time you get to GI Anvil of Victory, you might as well play ASL. Um, but the old squad leader still has a lot to recommend it. It's just, you know, finding a player is interestingly complicated. Yeah. Well, I, I continue to to argue that there are too many games on the market and the dilution of the market has made it harder to find opponents almost because, for instance, I've got a, I've got a game back here that covers the first Punic Wars. Uh, and I'm not kidding. I contacted the guy and he said, I've got this game. Are you interested? It covers the first Punic Wars. He wrote me back. He said, you know, first Punic Wars, not really interested in second Punic Wars. Now, <laughs> If you get something in the second Punic Wars, I'm all over that. Just... Oh, a good Franco-Prussian War game. Huh? I'm still waiting for a good Franco-Prussian War game. How come that subject hasn't been gamed? Uh, probably because play balance is a uh, difficult issue, I think, in that one. Really? I thought the if you look at the history of it, the two sides were relatively evenly matched, and the battles that they fought were were close a lot of times. Especially uh, in the early part of the war. 
I thought it was still a, what, another one of those lopsided affairs where the French got it handed to him. If uh, I, I not being a detailed yeah. student, by the way, of the Franco-Prussian War, but you know, yeah, everyone I, thought World, everyone thought World War One was ungameable until Paths of Glory came out. So there's still hope. Right, and one could say the same thing about France in 1940 that they just got their asses handed to them. And how could that make an interesting game? But at the tactical level in ASL, it is a very interesting game. Oh, yeah. it's some of my favorite bits, actually. Uh, when the, well, you know what it was? was <clears throat> they were failed by a terrible command and control structure. But if, at the unit level, when they stood and fought, there were some, there were some very good tactical level give and take, uh, especially on the British side. Uh, but even the French, um, you know, strong point at, uh, was it Stone is the critical hit module? Um, yeah. And that was that was a that's a fantastic ASL uh, play, so yeah, I agree with you. You're right. In fact, somebody just came out with a good uh, was it I don't know if it's an MMP product or not. Might have been GMT. Was uh, I think it's Case Yellow, uh, another France 1940 game. So again, there's hope for the Franco-Prussian War. It just <laughs> it runs in waves though, right? I mean, we didn't have any World War One games for years. Uh, and then we got a whole blast of them uh, about the time Passive Glory came out. So maybe there's maybe, maybe Franco-Prussian mm-hmm. stuff's going to make the make the rounds. Well, heck, there's even a Russo-Japanese war game out now from MMP. I, I saw that. I'm not entirely certain I'm going to pick that one up. But yeah, I own it, but I haven't really gotten into it yet. Well, good luck finding an opponent. No kidding. Yeah, well, he goes. Well, you're going to find a guy. And he goes. Well, I really like the naval part, <laughs> but. <laughs> So wow, I did, see. Now here's the thing, though, with the with the internet community, it's let people become. Uh, it, it, one of the, one of the things it's done actually is cemented our hobby, where it might have become lost to the ages uh, with the advent of electronic media. Um, but it's also enabled people to over specialize. For instance, you can do a podcast about nothing but ASL now. Oh, yeah. oh that's ridiculous. <laughs> who would who would ever listen to that? Not many people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or you could do a podcast just about the business side of the game industry. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Exactly. Total over specialization. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the same the same thing that uh that you just described and that and that uh Jeff was mentioning about the dilution in games. Not only is it just the subject of different games, but even within ASL itself. I've made this remark before to other folks that there are just so darn many scenarios out there. Yeah. That it can be it can be hard to even find a common frame of reference to to chat about ASL scenarios with your fellow ASL players. You know, hey, have you played this cool one? No, nobody's it's played it. oh, that yeah. because it's because it's from some small obscure pack that that only a few people bought, you know, or something. So, uh, you know, there's just thousands and thousands of scenarios, and not everybody's played them all. So you don't have the same kind of frame of reference all the time. Yeah, well, the, the well the the big schism, of course, right? Do you do Pacific? And a lot of people don't do the Pacific theater in ASL. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I confess I'm one of them. I just, uh, just didn't have time, decided, you know what, I'm just going to stick with European theater. Uh, not because I don't like Pacific theater uh, stuff, but, uh, but yeah, there's, you're right. It's, you can early war, late war, mid war, you know, access miners. Yeah. There's how many, how many scenarios are there? Didn't somebody come out with one that there really are like 2000 plus scenarios or something commercially available right now? It wouldn't surprise me if the number was around 2,000. 
There was a huge, huge number that somebody tossed out, and I was like, okay, um, if I started playing these back-to-back, you know, one a day, how long would it take? Yeah. And just your luck, uh, Ben, you'll get to the retirement home, and you'll finally get out all your ASL stuff. And the only other guy in the place that'll play ASL only plays Pacific Theater. (laughs) (laughs) Most likely. Most likely. Well, you know, actually, here's a question I want to ask you guys, because I I, I have a hard time getting to the table uh, lately. But um, what – okay, I always loved the monster scenarios. That was one – you know, we would would set them up in the basement, leave them up for a series of weekends – and and play them over time. Now, granted, this was uh, when we were younger, before kids and cats, but it was one of my great loves was to play really big scenarios. But ASL seems to have gotten down to anything over four or five turns we're not doing anymore. I mean, is that is that the case? Is anyone playing anything other than the tournament scenarios, or am I? No, I, I, I don't think it's the case. Uh, I think the smaller scenarios do get played more because they're simply more convenient in time right. and space. Oh, absolutely. But, but there are big scenarios getting played, and uh, I, I know just in our own club, I've seen several players, you know, lining up the big ones. It's just that you typically can't do it at a tournament, especially at those tournaments where there's a time constraint. You have to finish certain rounds at certain times. You have to really move at a decent clip. At our tournament, it's it's more of a freeform thing, so you will see some players line up some real doozies on the gaming table and uh, and go at it for a while. And uh, you know, I enjoy playing those bigger ones, too. If you look at the Chaz Smith designs in the Bounding Fire productions, like his recent uh, Crucible of Steel, I think it's called, the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the one based on Kursk, there are a lot of larger scenarios in there that you can really sink your teeth into. And I think players do enjoy playing them. But more often, if, if I'm going to play one of those games, I'd rather do it where I can set it up at my place or at my friend's house or something, and we can leave it up maybe over two or three gaming sessions because we might not be able to finish it in a single Saturday playing for six or seven hours. Right, right. And like I said, as far as tournaments go, there's a reason why everyone loves the, the shorter stuff. I just wondered if even at the club level, if people were playing the you know the bigger scenarios. So I'm glad to hear that they are, quite frankly, because it's one of the things that I really enjoyed about it. I think there's a, a certain number of people that will play the smaller scenarios, too, simply because they say, oh, my gosh, there are 2,000 scenarios. If, at least I, if I just play the smaller ones, at least I'll feel like I'm, you know, getting through. Yeah. But, uh, you know, MMP just came out with their Festung Budapest, which is uh, a pretty sizable uh, module. And I know Sam, uh, Sam Tyson, who could not be with us tonight, has got that set up. And he, um, in one of our tests of this, of this Hangout, he uh, used his video camera and did a flyover of uh, of him playing it, and it, it looked it looked awfully good. Cool. So it, it's good to know that stuff is out there. Well, I think um, we're at about 30 minutes, and I think that's all we have time for this show. Um, we can't go any further because of the constraints of of the network, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of pressure from our sponsors to stay within. Let's see, do we have a sponsor? No, no, well, not that much pressure, but. We couldn't even get Dewey Cheatham and Howe to sponsor us? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just happy Matt stayed on for the full show after hearing the thunder and lightning going on over there. So. Yeah, yeah, really. I I thought we were going to lose you there for a little while. It was getting pretty vicious sounding. Yeah, it seems to have moved off a little bit now. Oh, great. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you joining us for this uh, 
this kickoff episode of the two half squads hangout and uh would love to see you again ben i'm going to see you at gen con which I'm uh gonna yeah i'm going to see you're gonna, yeah you and i are going to see a lot more of each other than we'd like since we're, we're sharing a hotel room this year Sweet. so no sadly no just a dual put your queen. pants on for that trust me <laughs> but this year this year last year ben um was at Gen Con, but he was also in training for a mini triathlon. What did they call it? It was, yeah, it was the sprint triathlon. I did that on, yeah. I, I did, yeah, I gamed for three days and then did a triathlon, which yeah. this year I swore that I am not doing a triathlon at, at, at Gen Con. So uh, there great. is one that weekend, but it's it's not downtown, so I'm, I'm not even going to try and do it this year. Yeah, because I would say, Ben, do you want to go to dinner? And he'd say, uh, no, I can't do dinner. I have to do carbo loading. Yeah, well, I did carbo load for three days, mostly in the mostly at the microbrewery uh, down the street from from the sh- from the show. It didn't help my time. Yeah, I'll so. bet. And Matt, how about you? Are you getting to any any big uh, conventions or anything this year? Doing any traveling? Will we see you somewhere uh, other than here? No, probably not. Okay. Uh, the rest the rest of the year is is booked up with other things. Okay. Well, it's great that we could at least see you here and. Uh, and talk to you and look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me on. All right. All right, guys. Have a great night. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. Well, that was episode one, and now we'll just put on the track to episode two, unedited, raw, and live. Is that the guy that died that did hot cake syrup? Yeah. Everyone that helps us on the show passes away. Music game. It's not good. Okay. I think we're we're broadcasting. Yeah, we are. I don't know what happened to our music. Hello. I don't know. I, I had her music queued up, and uh, she's in no play. Well, you didn't hit play button. <laughs> you hit play button. Did I hit the play button? It's playing. It says it's playing. I don't hear anything, though. Well, it's because we plugged in all this stuff. Yeah. Well, it worked during my test a little while ago, but well, that, as, that was as it always that, does. Yeah, that was Mike's so long on? Ago. Huh? The mic's on over there? Mic's on. And the speakers are on. There's yeah. just no music. Well, anyway, hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Show and Tell, ASL Show and Tell, featuring the two half squads. Well, not featuring, it's starring the two half squads. Starring. Yeah. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. How are you, Dave? Good. I look awful short next to you, Jeff. Maybe I'll okay. sit up. Yeah. I got a stick. Give me that copy of Beyond Veil, or else I'm going to stick it under here and I'll look a little taller. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So here we are with our second ASL hangout, or third. Actually, this is our third. The first one disappeared into thin air, Kaputz. much like our opening music tonight. Yeah. So it's not actually, so it's actually our second. And it was a great show. I mean, it was it was an amazing show. That first one it was. got lost forever. With Sam Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. And Sam it, uh, is scheduled to be with us tonight, and uh, he's a little late, so hopefully he will show up. Yeah. Probably out. Still at a ball game of his... Yeah, probably. Or stuck in traffic or something like that. You know, doing the dishes maybe. Austin. So, uh, just to celebrate the fact that so far things are not going so well, I've opened it up here, and I hope people will join us. I have my. I hope you're not just watching. I hope you'll actually jump on and join us. So here's the thing. 
let's talk about the show, about what this is. ASL Show and Tell, this is an opportunity for us to talk to people visually, mm-hmm. have them show off maybe new products, things they're playing, and it doesn't have to be game setups. If you've got ASL in miniature, you can... You can it's for everybody. Set up your camera to show us the, yeah. the board. It's for everybody. Board. To get on here, meet other people without having to be in the same room with them, which uh, makes some sense yeah. since we're all separated. No pr- no profanity, nothing inappropriate. No. Thank you. Or we'll have to block you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, show us anything. You got, like, for instance, on... Well, uh, not just anything. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully related to ASL or World War II. Yeah. yeah. So World War II memorabilia or whatever. For instance, on our, on our other camera... I just uh, set up this Streets of Fire thing. I wanted to talk to Sam about historical ASL, or deluxe ASL, rather. Uh, and we could talk about that. Yeah, I'll talk to on you On our own. It. Yeah. Will you talk to me? I will. we got 30 minutes to fill. It should go quick with us. And then, uh, you know, we could do the puppet show if we run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> now, if you look in the back, I did a little work on this on the the set here so you can see some of my ASL stuff in the back there and then yeah this is new this is uh, the uh, display case for the flag and the medals that my dad earned in World War II uh, the flag from his funeral and that is new here and that's new yeah my brother came into town uh, a week ago and we set this up so he's got a flag there from um, there's uh, sorry a a medal you know there's a medal for just being in World War II Service medal? Is yeah, that it's a service called? medal for World War II. There's one for having been in the South Pacific Theater of Operations. Theater, okay. Uh, there is one, he's got one there for the liberation of the Philippines. He was involved in that action. And the other and the other one, oh my gosh, I can't even remember. Should I bring that closer? Uh, you could, yeah. You could bring that down. Are my headphones going to pull me backward? No, I don't think when so. I, when I walk? Yeah, and I, I have not seen this up close. Yeah, oh, it's heavier than I thought, but. Yeah. Yeah. So there they are. And I don't know, can you read all of them? Not on the TV, I guess, but. Yeah. Pacific, Liberty, World War II, and the American Campaign. The last one was. American Campaign? Uh, I think that's for being in the amphibious force. It could be. You might want to get a label on the back. Yeah, actually, I mean, we just put that together. We're actually going to, re- I'm going to rearrange those a little bit and include a, a picture of him and um, oh yeah, a picture of Dad and then a little explanation of the medals room. on the back. Yeah, there's room there. It wasn't a lot of medals. Uh, he was a machinist first mate, so he worked in the engine room on a amphibious landing craft. That uh, an LSM, which transported material to the beaches, usually not in the first landings, but in the second landings. So, and how do we know if people show up, Jeff? They'll pop up on the bottom, or do we have to admit them into the? Yeah, if they show up, they will pop. Uh, if they come in, they'll pop up on the bottom, and we'll let them in. So, hey, everybody, <laughs> get on there. So far, so far, there's nobody. But this is new technology. Right. And you know what? you got to embrace the new technology. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this was to continue to be relevant and to <laughs> offer stuff to the younger Wait, ASL you. players out there because the old farts don't I, get well, it. I, it's the word relevant, Scott. <laughs> you don't think we're relevant? We're still. 
We're still not relevant. I think well, we're, we're relevant only to the ASL community. It's a very, very and small And always will be relevancy. You're right. Um, but there's potential here for, for doing other things. If we don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. I don't want somebody else. For example. Grabbing all the glory. Uh, this being different than our po- regular podcast, yeah, I, could, I could actually show you an auction item. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, we think it may be coming up backwards. It is on our screen. On all it is fronts. backwards. Why is that? It's actual try, issues. Hold, not. Go hold it in front of that camera. I'm just curious. Here, take I'm it in your He's walking to the opposite end of the broadcast foxhole. Now, let's see how that... Yeah. On all fronts. Now, so why is this... Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. Kiss your mama goodbye. So what is that exactly? Issue 60. Issue 60 of the On All Fronts magazine. We talked about it before on our previous episodes. And we're <laughs> doing the tail end of our on-air auctions to support the podcast. We have issue 60. 61. And these are, uh, can I open one up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give yeah. people a little a yeah. little preview of what's inside. Yeah. 61. For those, people, for those of you who are not ASL gurus. 62. Are these hermetically sealed? What did you do? No. You just have to be agile. 63. Now that's a I could take that as a as an insult, and I think I will, because there's nothing else. And these were donated by Mike Cobble. Thank you very much, Mike. You've been absolutely appreciating. Oh, Bill, sorry. Bill Cobble. Bill Cobble. Thank you, Bill. Appreciating your marvelous contribution to the show. Yeah, so these are uh, very nice paper. Fan magazines full of just what you want. Lots of scenarios, lots of verbiage. Pictures, too. Oh, and these go back to 1988. Yeah. It's a piece of history, ASL history here. So if you've got money burning a hole in your pocket and you want to add something to your ASL collection, this is a great Article one. on night rules, eliminating rounds with mortars. And they're, um, some are basic squad leader. Some are ASL. And he wrote in the back here, like, GI, ASL. This issues ASL, COI, this cross of iron, ASL, GI, uh, gastrointestinal, <laughs> which a very now. popular uh, pack, the gastrointestinal pack. Yeah, so go ahead and put in a bid for these these issues. Just simply Gmail us at our accounts. See how I can't get definitely I'm, I'm putting mine in. So I may have to buy this one. Look at that. Look, Jeff, how easy that was for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm challenged. I'm challenged. I have to forget to not look at us, but to look at the you audience. Look at the camera. The camera Hi, everyone. Right. That's right. <clears throat> All right. Now, that's one item for auction. You know, say, hey, All these 10 together bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks. You know, we just want to support the show. Email us your offer. Yeah. And the other set was already money. We're going to Las Vegas. Or Gen Con or paying for our bandwidth or something like that. Yeah. More reasonable. More um, cameras, more video cameras, uh, makeup, makeup, costumes. Which we are in desperate need of, as you <laughs> yeah, can tell. Yeah, I'll say. On all fronts, this is the Otriad we mentioned before, so I won't talk much more about it. It has the partisan campaign game in it. Mm-hmm. And this one, now these are the old issues, I think. This is 28 and this is 29, and we'll pair that up with this Otriad 
um, 84 editions. So yeah, that this is your basic squad leader, your basic squad leader, not advanced squad leader. But I put in a bid for that little collection of three. Uh, this is some marvelous ASL history and some of the first newsletters ever produced. So there you go. Just thought we could sh actually show now that we're a visual, yeah. visual show. I just saw, <clears throat> I just flipped over to another on? screen here, and I saw this person was online. And so I sent him a text, would you like to join us? And he immediately signed off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, yeah. we're just the kiss of death, I guess. Well, I don't know. Maybe something happened. Maybe a meteor yeah. hit us. Yeah, maybe a meteor. Yeah, I'm sure there's a perfectly uh. good explanation. And and Sam has not shown up. We haven't seen Sam yet. I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> I'm having a hard time taking us seriously. Yeah. Yeah, well. Maybe I'm going to go into a tirade, Jeff, instead of you. <sighs> I mean, I, I will say I did. I, I posted on Game Squad on Saturday morning and on um, uh, Board Game Geek about tonight's show. So I wasn't expecting a lot of people, but I was expecting, you know, of course Sam, because mm -hmm. he knew about it several weeks in advance and agreed to be on the show as our featured guest. Um, and I expected, you know, a couple people to maybe pop in. So, but it's early yet. Sure. We won't We're slam, only halfway done. We won't slam. We won't slam the doors on you. And the show must go on. We go on from seven to seven thirty Central Daylight Time. And uh, until we hit reruns, you know, until we get the rerun season. That's correct. That's correct. And you know, if this well, gets to be popular, if the Europeans or uh, Asians want to be on the show, stay we'll, up late at night. Uh, well, yeah, and we could we could always broadcast at a different time. Yeah, I know. Saturday You're morning. Easy. Oh. You know, looking all moved. Yeah. <laughs> we look better at about four in the morning, honestly. So, so what? Should we try and do actual content then since we don't have a, well, yeah. a hangout? Sure. Anymore? Should we show stuff? I well, show. I'd go back to Deluxe and I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd bring up Deluxe. You know, one thing I wanted to ask Sam and you and others, and, and you, know, what I, you know what I love about me? Well, I know what I love Is about <laughs> you, Jeff. Later. What I love about me is I don't know anything about squad leader, advanced squad leader. I mean, really, I've been involved in it in, in you know, it's been six years, but I don't pour over it. I don't, I'm not obsessed with it. I love it. I, lo uh, I love it a lot. But, you know, I don't know the history and I, I haven't lived through all that stuff. And uh, Correct. In fact, these on all fronts go before my time. They were Even before vague, your time. Yeah. Whoa. 84, 88, I started getting in, but I, I never quite found a way to subscribe to On All Fronts. So I was getting oh. other new zines, fanzines, and they would refer to this OAF thing, and it, it just, I never had seen those till Bill had donated those. Yeah. And Bill had donated the, uh, his set of the Streets of Fire, so we could have duplicate sets of things at the Hassle Club to, to use, so people like, don't have to lug everything over to the house anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, you know, Jeff, you should probably have these at your house because the odds of us playing a deluxe and then, you know, they're so big to set up another board to do a line of sight check or two people playing a deluxe in the same night. Not very likely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he said, well, aren't those just for miniatures games, right? Or, you know, I did. Well, yeah, I really didn't know that much about really, and I still don't know anything about the history of them or even why they didn't catch on because we, we played one. Yeah. So if I could tell you <clears throat> the his, my history of, yeah. of them, of course, okay. I bought them immediately. You know, I remember driving <laughs> to 
to you your remember? store. I actually kind of remember what when. What were you wearing? No, that I don't remember. Okay. I'm not, I'm not that pants, kind of I'm sure. Pants, at least. Well, I had to go out in public. Yeah. Okay. But I remember you'd wait till the, you know, oh, it's out, you know, it's out. And I would call the game store like every week, every Friday. Is this in yet? Is this in yet? It's before I was ordering from Multiman Publishing. Yeah. And then I, rem- I remember, um, oh, you were ex- that's expected in next Thursday from, from Avalon Hill. You know? yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I'll, I'll go Saturday. I plan to go Saturday. And so I would, you know, okay, it's out. I would drive. I remember why I'm banging. I remembered, you know, going, getting these things, you know, looking at the back in the car on the yeah. way home. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Not texting, <laughs> but reading reading the back of your ASL boxes. <laughs> Only at the stoplights. Yeah. Oh, and good boy. And they, it came with the GHQ miniature uh, figures. These really, really teeny out uh, uh, two. It did really two eight, No, no, not in the box. Oh, two hundred fifty scale. But then I would go to Pro Sex Hobby Shop, and he would have these blister packs, and they actually set on them. I, I wish I just kept one to show you, um, like Streets of Fire or something scenario, and it had the actual like if you needed a martyr and three squads that had these little, little minis in there. And I did the vehicles. Well, who made the minis? The GHQ, General Headquarters. Uh, oh, okay. GHQ. So manager. they produced these minis and packaged them separately. In conjunction, separately. Yeah, okay. Totally separately. But I bought them and painted them up and used them. I mean, you could do some bypass with them, yeah, vehicles sure. and see and all that. And What did, what did the squads look like? Were they they were so teen, I didn't use the squads. Was it three little guys? Um, no, I don't think so. I think three it was actually, people? they just had more in a group. Uh, if I remember correctly, but again, I didn't use the men. Yeah, I may have just pitched them out, thrown them away, Ooh. maybe, because you know I was in the 15 millimeter and D and D 25s. So you know, if somebody out there had these, they could be, they could jump on the hey, show right now and say, "Oh, here they look are." Look what I found in my box, jumping in the basement. Who wouldn't love that? Right. Uh, uh, my continue. wife wouldn't love that. Yeah, my wife wouldn't love uh, that either. So I actually had the mini- minis for each scenario, and. You know, had them in these little boxes, and once I got into clearing things out in eBay, those were some of the first things to go because I still played the deluxe, but I didn't always play those scenarios anymore because there's always new scenarios to play, even some on the deluxe boards occasionally, and the counters work fine. Counters work fine. You don't need the miniatures really. Oh yeah, the, the counters work great. Yeah, and you know, again, when you have a flat board. Uh, what do you need? You know, miniatures were like a little out of place because it wasn't a, a miniature war game, right? With trees and everything yeah. and the hedgerows. Yeah. So, but that was the idea. Now I could so see why the idea the, was that it, it, it. The idea really was to play it with miniatures. Yeah. I see. Well, you hit. Well, you could play it regular, but its cool thing too is it, it can be done with these yeah. two eight eighth scale miniatures. But the size of those hexes, and Jeff and I had played, which do you remember is going to become a, what we've been playing lately? We'll save it for later, the actual yeah. scenario. But Jeff, I said, well, let's do this. It will stop me pushing forward so I can play everything ever made before I die. And we'll go back and play it. I'll play one of these I've played before, yeah. Deluxe. And we did a game, and it was hard, wasn't it? Did you, what did you find, Jeff? I thought it was outstanding. Uh, I mean, playing on the larger hexes was a godsend. Yeah, in so many ways. In so many ways. And one of the obvious ones is you can spread things out in the hex. And you can see on our... on our Massively spread them out in the hex. Yes. So you can see here, well, uh, there's there. board F. Dave's going to go over there. You need a pointer? No, keep talking. Okay. So you can see that the, um, 
comparison of this of of the scale. What do you need? A infantry? tree? Infantry? Oh, infantry. Well, there's a couple counters on there. Okay. There's a there's a Russian infantry counter there and a German counter. Yeah. Oh, this is the normal size board here. Yeah. So there's a normal size board. I hope you could see that. And then there's the deluxe board. I mean, it, just look at the difference there. Now, if you only got one squad or one AFE in there, you know, it kind of it, it it's not that big a deal. But when you start stacking stuff up, and you can you can lay it out to do your um, you know rally checks, uh, morale checks, you can um, lay stuff out so you can keep your first fires and final fires and stuff. Pardon me. Up big. This uh, that that is that camera. Oh, this doesn't show it. No. Sorry. Yeah, uh, on this one it does. Yeah. You've seen my tank. So you could see, yes, we could see Dave's tank. That's right. We could see that moving down. <laughs> but it was cool, and Dave had to keep telling me because I kept all my units stacked up. He kept telling me, "Would you just lay those out spread next to them? Out. Lay them, spread them out. Lay them out next to each other." And you can you can actually fit. It was fun. You can actually fit the machine gun in front of the squad instead of on top of the squad. Right. I mean... Now, I could see one disadvantage of that. I thought of this. It's not up to me to help you keep track of my units. So if I keep things stacked together and I know what's in there and you don't and I'm moving along, you might forget what's in there and make a silly mistake. Well, true. And when you spread things out, you know, it's all laid open for you. Yes. So there's no, that. But when we're concealed, we'd stay in our yes, stacks. When yes. You, when you're concealed, you stay in the stack so that they... So the other guy can't see it, right? But um, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. You know, the stuff that the current boards are just a little bit small. They actually are a bit small, and I think it might be <laughs> they get smaller as I get older. I don't know how that happens exactly, but there is some yeah I, correlation. I, I saw there. some people have these enlarged boards. That, you know, they do. Some people. I saw it at a tournament once. You did. You did. I did. And. <laughs> You know, you play on those, and it's very comfortable. You fit two squads in there. Yeah. Deluxe, you could fit all three squads along the front, as I was showing you, with the tank in the middle. Yeah. You know? And a picnic table. And a picnic table. I mean, it all fits. Or those tennis courts from, from Valor of yes. the Yards. Yes, exactly. Well, I think, you know, so I looked at this, and I thought, well, this is great, the, having the bigger boards. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, so what? So how come this didn't go? Correct. How come this didn't go further? And the other thing, th these cards came with it too, right? And they're they're great vehicle cards. So if you look at that, there's vehicle cards. Should there. I move it up? Yeah. Keep talking. I, th I think this is brilliant. So for every vehicle, there is a vehicle card. It shows all of the statistics of the vehicle, so you don't have to be flipping around in Chapter H. You just got a card here for, for each vehicle, and it shows you the kill numbers, uh, the armor factors, has notes about uh, that particular vehicle and all the different characteristics yeah. that it has. You don't have to look up in the book. Yeah, it's all right there. So if you're playing a scenario, you just take out the vehicle cards that you need, and you can leave the book closed. I, I think these are brilliant, and I don't know why this nobody's done this. And what I wanted to ask Sam is why he, as a publisher of third-party products, well, yeah. don't continue with this idea. Um, I don't think anybody yeah, does. Good question. Nobody does. And as for why it didn't catch on, I think I think one thing is because the terrain's larger, it's a smaller area of the board. But so many of the new games are played on a smaller area of the boards. These days, anyway, the six turn things. 
But you lose the maneuverability concept. You know, it's hard to blitz around the side. It's hard to get around and surround your enemy. There's not as much movement because the board is so such a small area. It's only 10 oh, hexes across instead of 20 hexes across. Okay. So with eight squads, I can cover. But well, wouldn't you just put more boards together? You could, and then but now you're getting pretty large. But okay. you know, if you're playing histor historical boards anyway. Why not? But maybe these are okay. So maybe these are needlessly large. So we need, we, we need well, another board. Well, I think they're for actions that are concentrated. If you have to take yeah. the house, th these are the boards, right? You have right. to cross these hedgerows that we see, right, and exit this narrow area. These are great boards, and yeah. and but then also with the terrain being limited. Um, I think it's you get familiar with the boards quicker, so it's harder to have variety. Hmm. And I had another thought, but it has escaped me. I don't see it, um, but it'll come. <laughs> it'll be back. Um, but but yeah, because it's a tighter area. Yeah, it's just more limited. Some people may not like the lack of maneuver. Um, but again, I, Streets of Stalingrad games on that from that Streets of Fire, which that's showing the Hedro Hellboard and the Streets of Fire. Ah, uh, that's cover. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, those are great. You know, it's just a couple streets there. You got to get through the first section, and then you hit hit the line, and and you can line up. You know, these massive quantities of troops all firing against each other. Right across the streets. Very, yeah, very good. So, how many of these uh, deluxe modules were there? There were the two. Just two. Streets of Fire, Hedro Hell. Wow. And they have still printed, uh, there were overlays printed by Gary Fortenberry in the uh, ASL annual, his annual. He did a great, huge annual. Uh, I forget which one, and uh, but they were the wrong size. But then they corrected that, of course. And mm -hmm. um, So there are even overlays for it, which would give you some more variety in your, um, yeah. you know, terrain there. Um, and... Then there are, I don't know the total scenario. I didn't bring them tonight, but I have them all, the deluxe. You know, they're all in a special. I just put all my deluxe in one area in front of my historical mm -hmm. scenarios, not in with the game scenarios, you know. Right. Um, yeah, and so there's still making them. I still get a couple a year, I think. The scenarios? In deluxe. Uh -huh. Yeah. But well, not a lot, of course. See. I guess... You know, it's easy for us to uh, to think they should just keep doing this because we're not in the business. I suppose they have to make those tough decisions, whether or not it makes sense for them financially to keep keep on this or not. Yeah. And they must have decided no because everything's yeah. driven by money. I mean, everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even me. <laughs> I'm driven by money to be here tonight. <laughs> and, um, of course, the historical boards are larger than the regular little boards. Yeah. So maybe that's a good compromise in between. But as you see, those are huge hexes, and you got to give them a shot. The scenarios for one or two of the games are available at MMP for free. Mm -hmm. And the I don't know how readily available the boards are. I don't know. I think at one time they were selling extra boards, and you would just not be able to get the armor finding vehicle cards anymore. So. so for whatever reason, these are no longer being printed, and they're an anachronism. But something to be desired, I would say, if anybody can get their hands on them. I think so. And even if you grab them, play through all, you know, the original, I don't know if it came with eight scenarios each, mm -hmm. probably. Um, That's 16, a lot of fun. 20 scenarios, yeah. <clears throat> oh, and the benefit 
also that Jeff and I found playing that scenario, right? It played quicker. Yeah, it played it did. quicker because we Why weren't that? looking through stacks, oh, yeah. knocking things over, right. line of sight checks. You can use those boards pretty easily yeah. because it's so wide open. That all made, all made the game go quicker, surprisingly faster. Yeah. And again, the actions are close together. You're just crossing one street and then the next street to take the final victory X, things like that. Um, you're only crossing the, I don't count, cross there. One, two, three, four, five, is that six, six hexes across? Uh, short way across? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Five. So two boards next to each other, ten hexes to yeah. get across an exit right. condition. So they're, they play faster. You could do these eight turn with 20, 30 counters on a side, and they will, they will play faster than they will on the little teeny boards. That's a plus. That's a plus. People like to play faster these days, I think. By and large, they don't want to play the very... Most people don't want to play those big, long scenarios. Yeah. They don't it's have hard to get the whole day yeah. um, or a long afternoon. Yeah. So, well, anyway, that was a very interesting playing that. I'm looking forward to doing that again, and uh, we recommend if anybody can, you know, finds this kind of thing, snatch it up. It's a good thing to have. And play them all and then sell it to someone else. That's a good idea. How much do you think this goes for on eBay? Any idea? No idea. Okay. Yeah. And we are running yeah, out of time, Jeff. Yeah, we're running out of time. It no looks one's like, chimed in. I would say Tam, Sam is not going to be here, and uh, neither is uh, anybody else. Oh. <laughs> Still have one minute. <laughs> You've heard Jeff's feelings. Well, so here we go. That's, well, that's number two. And I'm going to say I, I, I'm still. Rec- I think that little discussion on Street of Fire and stuff. We should move that into a regular show too and tag we it will. in there as an audio. We will. Edition. We'll put I, this. I'm on. not sure. I don't know how many people are, you know, getting to this site or if they can't be here now or. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, we'll get some feedback and people will say, "Oh, what I, do you guys I really think? wanted to be on, but I could not make it this time." Yeah, please. Even if you didn't want to be on, just email us and tell Let us, us that know you did. how sad you are. And we'll uh, try to announce the, the next one farther in advance, like at least a week, to give people a little more time. And we'll do this again, maybe yeah. in three weeks or a month, maybe right after Gen Con or yeah. something. You know, So a month from now, we'll do this again. St. Louis tournament's over. I haven't heard any results from I haven't heard anything. Yeah, and actually we invited Rich Spilkey to be on with us tonight, and he was going to, but he was just... He knew he was going to be down at the St. Louis tournament, so he's probably kind of tired. Yeah. So yeah, I hope he couldn't get his camera won. purchased in time. And yeah, yeah. What not? <laughs> we know how hour that is. So, well, I guess that's it for this show. That's half an hour. Half an hour. It's half all, an hour it's of video promised you. Please let us know what you think of our concept and uh, its uses. Hope you'll see us next time. It's easy to do. All you need is a web camera. You sign up for a Google Plus account, which is free. You become a friend with us at a circle. And uh, then next time you can join in on the conversation. You can jump on and talk to our guest, talk to us. It's You can ask questions, answer questions, just whatever you want to do. And Tell jokes. Look up the first episode, which aired, which had the four of you. Yeah. Right. Was I so, on that? No, I couldn't make that. No, one. you couldn't make that second one, yeah. which is the first one. Oh, well, anyway. So thanks, everybody, right. for listening. And roll low. And rally well. But not, but when, not when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, everybody. Bye. And that music is still not playing. Well, we can go a little extra minute long. It's a da-da-da.
uh, well, we'll get that. We, we've got our little, we've got our issues. And did you end it? No. Fade to black. All right, and that was episode number two. And now for your listening pleasure, episode number three. Dave's getting into it. So is this a live broadcast? I didn't even know that's what we were doing. I think we're live. We're live. And it will also go out over YouTube. So comb your hair, guys. <laughs> All right. I forgot we were live. I wore my painting shirt, and I smell terrible. And Jeff has to sit next to me. I, would, I will say he does. He <laughs> Ran out of time for the shower. He smells terrible. Hello, everybody. Oh. Here we are. We had music. Welcome to the Two Half Squads. This is ASL Show and Tell number three with the Two Half Squads. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dave. And he admits it. <laughs> Dave uh, Dave came in at the last minute, sort of like, um, I don't know what, I don't know what, like, you do smell. I smell. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Hardworking man, working class man, Jeffrey. So this is the uh, ASL show and tell number three, and we actually have uh, two guests with us today so far, and there's room for more, more coming. First, I'll just uh, say there's Rich Spilkey. Say hi, Rich. Hey, everybody. Yes, the Rich Spilkey. <laughs> the only one. And then uh, joining us, we weren't aware of this, and here he is, Eddie Carlson. Hey, Eddie. Hey. How's it nice, going? Nice background, Excellent Eddie. background, Eddie. Thank you very much. It took a long time to get it just right, but there it is. Now they're, they're cutting into your head. <clears throat> okay, well, it's not perfect, but it's, you know... <laughs> So is that, that's a, quite a squad leader background you've got there. Can you tell us a little about that? Well, sure. Um, mostly it's um, it's GI Joe. You know, you've got Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, right? That's Army related, so uh-huh. yeah. that's got to be close to some degree, right? Yeah, absolutely. There you go. I figured it would be appropriate. Have we met you before? No. Okay. No. Yeah. I almost felt like when you asked that, I felt like we're doing a magic trick. Have we ever met you before? No, honestly, we have never met. First time. So, ever. Do you want to give us a little of your background? Oh, sure. I'll, okay. You know, I was thinking about that today as I was taking a shower before I came on here. Not. <laughs> Something okay, I know they, they came out a little bit weirder than I thought. So when I was just trying to make myself look presentable, um, actually, I've never played Advanced Squad Leader before. I've never played any Squad Leader game. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty new to wargaming in general. Mostly what I cover is online uh, gaming, so MMO-type games and whatnot. Uh, so I do do my own little shows where we play, like, you know, Star Trek Online. You know, I, I cover the video games because... My attention span is pretty short. So in about June, really, so literally like two months ago, I just got this incredible whim to find out about wargaming. It's something I looked at when I was a kid, but through my adult life just never went anywhere. 
And as I got to looking around, I went to like Board Game Geek and different things and saw, oh my gosh, people still play board games. I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> you know, so then you got to learn there's all kinds of games out there. Uh, but the one that people keep talking about and they compare everything to is Advanced Squad Leader. So I, you know, saw your show and, and listened to it and I said, wow, this game is more complicated than I will ever really probably get into so you know thanks for the warning but um i thought you know why why don't i give it a fair shake you know if i'm going to look at other stuff let's explore squad leader a little bit or advanced squad leader and and see what you know what i can learn from it did you grab a starter kit at all yet to 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 look through no no that's where you want to start you have a starter kit 25 bucks Easy to learn. Well, kind of. Unless you Possibly. buy it from Dave, then it's the, if you buy it from Dave, it's fifty bucks. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Do <laughs> you know anyone that plays that you could uh, learn from? Uh, no, I don't know anybody who plays. That's the thing. Uh, it's odd. I actually live. I live in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is right outside uh, the Fort Campbell, you know, military base, and. You would think with all the people in the military here, nobody I have found plays war games. So I'm not sure what that is. There doesn't seem to be a community for that here. Uh, so I've thought about, you know, maybe trying to start something. But if I do any kind of advanced squad leader, it's probably going to have to be through vassal modules or, uh, you know, some kind of long distance type of thing. I just have not found a community for that here. Eddie, you've come to the right place. We are the matchmakers of squad leader, advanced squad leader players. Someone may chime in that lives by you and say, hey, I'll, I'll teach that guy the game. So yeah. if you don't mind, we'll, Eddie, we'll put there, your name out there. Is there a, uh, uh, I might mess this up, is there a Vanderbilt or something that starts with a V University in Tennessee? Yeah, that's more closer towards Nashville, the, the fancy part of the state. So, but yeah, there is a Vanderbilt. Well, the reason I ask this is I know a really awesome squad leader player that lives uh, in that area, and, and he's a professor at Vanderbilt. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that would be cool. I I mostly just look for where I'm at because that would involve having to drive to Nashville, and so for me that's like, nah. Okay, I didn't know uh, how far away that was. I didn't know. It's yeah, about two inches. It's about two inches on the map. Exactly. All right. Sorry, gotcha. I, uh, I didn't know. That. <laughs> Three Tennessee is Tennessee. I didn't know. Right. It's kind of how we feel about the rest of the country. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> it was worth a try. It's interesting, Eddie, because you and I sound like uh, we're kind of alike and that we got into wargaming late. Well, though, you don't, I think I got in later than you. You look much younger than I, but I just got into it about eight years ago. And I, it was another one of those things where I had no idea that all this stuff existed. And um, I had played one war game when I was in high school and I couldn't get anybody else to play. Mm-hmm. And um, about eight years ago, I was on eBay just sort of browsing around, and I thought, gee, I wonder if that war game is on eBay. And I found it, and then I found hundreds of other war games, and then I wandered into a nearby game store, and just I was blown away by all the war games. And somebody said, if you want to play something that's really challenging, the hardest game you'll ever play, and you will, you'll hate yourself forever, uh, start with Advanced Squad Leader. So I did. Huh. And I do. And that's the end of my story. And the rest is history, right? (laughs) It is. 
Well, the good, good news about it, though, is that once you learn the basics of, you know, moving the infantry around and moving the uh, armored fighting vehicles around, which is the same thing over and over again, you can play hundreds and thousands of scenarios with that basic knowledge. True. It's not that hard. It's the, it's the last game you'll ever have to play. And there's lots of parts of the rules you really don't need to even read. Um a lot of people will never play the beach landings and all these different things. Just do that starter kit. It should be, I think it'd be manageable. Have you seen the rule book, Eddie? I have seen, a not not for starter kit, but I mean, I've seen pictures of rule books of, of squad leader folks. Uh, usually if you kind of go through the internet, yeah, people have binders. <laughs> Binder, right? So, yeah, I'm. That I think is the part that a lot of folks don't don't realize initially when you talk about that squad leader. Because since I have looked at some other games, a game that I have played in the past, back when I was younger, was a game called uh, Starfleet Battles, which is like the advanced squad leader of spaceship combat, where it's just lots of rules, covers every kind of situation you could think of. But they also have, you know, like little starter kits. So if you learn just kind of like little core, simple uh, mechanics, you know, you, you can at least move, shoot, and do very basic things. But yet, if you want to do something complex, like I was impressed just kind of reading some advanced squadron material, they had sewer movement rules. And I thought to myself, who in their right mind would move through a sewer? <laughs> Honestly. You know, but then as you start to actually look at, you know, World War II footage and things, you find out that, well, like in Russia, that, that happened quite a bit. In fact, you could move large amounts of people through sewers and even fight in the sewers because in Europe, they're built a little bit different. They're like catacomb type of things, not necessarily little, you know, sewers that you crawl through. So it just found it very interesting that not only could the squad leader, well, advanced squad leader cover very basic you know, a couple people across uh, an open plane shooting at each other to things like, well, who would have thought initially I'm going to go through sewers to flank somebody? So it, the idea is very intriguing, but, you know, when you show somebody that thick binder at first, then it's kind of like, well, where do I, what do I take away from that thick binder when yeah. you start? Yeah, infantry rules, and I just played infantry for the longest time, didn't even use the armor rules. Um, but the starter kit rule book is much thinner, and the first one is just infantry, right? Yeah. Th second one adds guns. Third one adds tanks. Yeah. So uh, the first one really should be manageable. It's just a little thin rule book, mm -hmm. just like the good old days. Rich, how did you get? How did you get started in ASL? You didn't start right in full squad leader. Oh, well, yeah, you did, I guess. Didn't no, you? I, I did play squad leader when I was in high school back in the eighties. So yeah, I guess I'm. Uh, in fact, I'm so opposite of, of, of Eddie here, I didn't even know what he meant when he said he uh, evaluates MMO games. I don't know what an MMO game is. <laughs> Massive multimedia online. Massive multiplayer online. online game. Okay, well, I guess I'm, sort of, I'm in the opposite camp. But when I started, you know, when I was 15, and I'm 46 now, so I guess, uh, you know, that's a long time. So I guess I, uh, I've been, you know, I, but they didn't have computer games, you know, when I was 15 in 1981 or so, there was really no such thing as computer games back then. Right. But did you, did you start with, uh, 
with squad leader or did you work your way up through like, um, you know, risk and then work your way into the more complicated games? Um, I just think, um, I might've played risk, but I think I just had a friend, you know, I had a friend that played squad leader and he's the one who taught me. Yeah. And I ended up liking the game more than him and I wanted to play it more often than he did. So then I had to branch out and find, but the key is for Eddie or for any new player, the starter kits for sure, Dave, you're absolutely right. But it really helps to have a friend or a, you know, someone that you can play with that, that has just as much enthusiasm for it as you and wants to, you know, expand the horizons a little bit, but it really is great, especially when you go to tournaments and you meet dozens of other players and, you know, share that, that camaraderie. And, you know, the, and that's why the game has such a strong following after all these years is because it's so rich. I mean, you mentioned the sewer movement, Eddie, as, as an example, and that's a good example, but there's so much stuff just like that or esoteric things where, you know, like, for example, just something simple, you know, the German infantry, there's about, I don't know how many different kinds, the elites, the assault engineers, the SS, the all the way down to the conscript uh, German units. You know, the, so the German units act like German units in World War II. And so the taxi, tactics that you use try to emphasize and use the advantages that the German infantry have if you're, you know, if you're playing as the German. If you're playing as the Russian, you know, you, the Russian squads are different than the German squads. They act differently. They behave differently. They have different characteristics. And so then you end up acting the way the Russian leaders acted. And, you know, people sometimes wonder, well, why did the Russians or the Japanese send these waves of guys, you know, at the machine guns? That seems kind of silly. Well, when you know how they behave under fire and, 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 the, and the tactics and the rules of the game, you end up doing similar things that you might have criticized earlier because that really is your best tactic at times is to do something like that. So anyway, you know, it's really cool. You know, they have desert, they have jungle, they have, so that's why it's worth your time, in my opinion, to learn the basic rules of how to move a unit and how to shoot a unit and how to take a morale check. Because once you can do that, you can simulate virtually anything. Hmm. Eddie, do you have any friends? Well, I have a couple. (laughs) Do, would they be willing to try it? The game? You know, and and that's the funny thing. You asked that. Um, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to 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 be funny about that. It's just that, like, I really honestly know very few people who take the time, except my wife. I mean, she's very understanding. Uh, she, for my birthday, as a matter of fact, they got me um, Combat Commander Pacific. So. You know, I've got on my table a game, and she's played it with me a few times. So really, the only person that I have face-to-face right now, other than my 9-year-old son, who would be willing to even try something like that, uh, you know, would be my wife. It just it just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that a majority of folks are into. But yet, if you bring up, you know, video games or something like that, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I, I would try that. Most of my friends would be more than happy to sync up on the Xbox or the PlayStation 3 and play, you know, Call of Duty or Battlefield and simulate their experiences that way. Uh, it just really seems, and it's sad to say, it just it almost has a feel of a dying art, you know, a medium that's going away. Because even, even with the, the Vassal, okay, that there's that program Vassal, where you can play Advanced Squad Leader over the Internet with people who, you know, are not, near you at all so i think sometimes it just feels like finding face-to-face players to try these things are are near impossible to find 
Like in our city, we don't even have a local game shop. I know a lot of people say, oh, I just went to the game shop and bought it, or I went to the local game shop and, you know, picked up this game. Well, our local game shops are actually comic book shops, and all they really sell game-wise is like European board games, Ticket to Ride, Settlers of Catan, and Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, right. You know, so to say, hey, I would like to get Advanced Squad Leader, they're like, well, yeah, let me order it for you, but nobody there will play it. So. Right, right, exactly. Well, um, and we're, we're, we're going to make it our uh, our goal to find somebody. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. We'll see how it goes. Or oh. move to our area. We we have uh, yes, and you, or you could move to reason, I, I have more players than I have time to actually game with in this squad leader game. Yeah. It's just amazing here. But someone else is online. Somebody else just joined us. Mark Humphrey. Mark, you're on TV. Mark, you're on the air. Can you hear us, Mark? Mm. Nod your head. Hello. There he is. Hey. Really? Connection is really slow. <laughs> oh, okay. Slow. Well, you're in the Philippines. Is that right? Connection's too slow. Oh, oh darn. Okay. darn. Well, at least you got to come in and say hi. It's great to see you. We know. <laughs> we see you. Uh, we see your name around a lot. Yeah, we'll leave you on. Uh, Mark, I, th- I think he's Thanks. in the Philippines or or um, Singapore or something like that in the South Pacific. So well, I don't know what time it is there. I mean, it must have gotten up very, very, very early. Philippines. Philippines. Okay. All right. Great. Well, glad you could join us. We got a few more slots open if anybody wants to jump on. So um, does anybody have an, uh, an extra um, starter kit to send over to to Eddie? We'll take up a collection. Jingle, 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 jingle. Well, how many uh, how many guys do you play uh, MMOs with? You got a whole bunch of online players. Oh well, sure. If you play online, then the world is yours. You have have lots of folks. Um, and I know. could and I did play online games for a while, and I know what you mean. Where it seems like people don't have the. Um, the attention span to stick with something like ASL. And I, I liken it to reading uh, a Reader's Digest version of The Three Musketeers as opposed to the abridged version of The Three Musketeers or the full version mm-hmm. of The Three Musketeers. You know, the the, um, the Reader's Digest version, you, you still get all the action. That's all you get is the action. You get all the action, but you miss all the detail. It's true. I mean, and I think something else, too, that, that might have people kind of turn away from a game in general, especially something like squad leader um, is it's ugly. <laughs> I almost hate to say that, but you know, when, when people, yeah, but <laughs> when, about the counters. It, well, you know, and, and, and the thing too, like I tell you the prettiest thing about it is the box art. So, you know, you, okay. Yeah. So you, you know, you get it and you look at, it, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Epic. There's burning tanks. There's guys crawling on the ground and they're, you know, sweat. And you're like, yeah. And you open it up and they're like olive drab and black ink, whatever with some numbers. Yeah. And the maps have these tiny hexes and they're yeah. just so crammed packed with stuff that, it's really hard to, to sometimes feel like, wow, how is that epicness coming across on the counters? And I think that probably would kill it for some folks right there is just how it looks. You know, it's like you, 
you, you really got to want to get past that to maybe see what, what it's like underneath, you know, and yeah. in general, you know, kind of war games are, are that way in general, or just any game is the fact that when you have like a video game, that's, you know, one of these seizure inducing type of visual tour de forces, then it's real hard to come to a static board game and say, well, why would this be any funner? I, I had a friend who was willing to play a war game with me, but he said, yeah, but I hate to do all the math myself. The computer, if we play it on the computer, it does all the calculation. I just have to tell it where to move. You know, so I think that's probably another drawback for folks, too, is, is the fact that you've got to do it all yourself. Yeah, Dave and I were talking about that the other day, and um, because we were we just got back from Gen Con, which is a big gaming convention in Indianapolis, and uh, a lot of the concentration there is on role playing games. And we were talking about how much math is involved in playing something like Dungeons and Dragons, because you've got swords and spells and different armor and classes and skills and all this kind of stuff. But you can take that all of that and play something like Neverwinter Nights, which is a computer version of Dungeons and Dragons, and it does all the math for you. And you don't have to do anything. It just instantly, you see all the numbers flying by as you're swinging away uh, at your mm. opponent uh, on the screen, but you don't have to do any of the math. And it's true, in ASL, you have to be able to add up dice. Which is interesting that nobody has made, that I know of or have seen, not that I've really looked for it, but an advanced squad leader computer game. You know, one where your scenarios, the rules, everything is in the computer game, and you can just show up and tell the pieces where to go and who to shoot at, and it kind of does all that for you. There is one that's uh, nice. that's kind of close. Who knows? Who knows the name of this game? It's um, it's a free game. It's called Panzer. There used to be a game called Combat Mission that was sort of kind of like Squad Leader. Do you remember Combat Mission? It was a Microsoft game. I remember the name. Yeah. But it'd be uh, very hard to do Squad Leader on the computer because there's so many exceptions and. Yeah. You know, if this, then that. But I wanted to comment on a few of Eddie's comments because he's right in so many ways. And he says what I think we all say also. We're concerned also about the future of the hobby. And that's why we work so hard to try to keep it going and, and you know, encourage others to play, to learn about it. But he's, he's very right. Like my own sons are, you know, teenagers. And they, of course, are very much into the Xbox scene like a lot of teenagers, teenage boys are. And there's no doubt it's got all the 3D graphics and the explosions. And with Squad Leader, you have to imagine that stuff happening. You have to visualize that this is what's going on. You know, but it is very exciting when, when some miracle shot occurs or some very brave uh, infantry unit survives, you know, devastating fire and makes it through. It's very exciting to have a game come down to the end and have a very exciting event occur. But it does require your imagination you know, you can't, you know, because it isn't a computer game, it's not showing you the 3D graphics. And I think that, you know, since computers have been invented, they've just gotten better and better and better. And so folks who are, you know, my, my son's ages, which are, you know, 17, 20 years old, that's, that's you know, what they grew up with, and that's what they like. Yeah. Yeah, and the the excitement level, Rich, you're, you're dead on. You know, they, I played the game with um, Mike Stubitz I talked about, I think, on the last show. Yeah. Uh, just so much happening. Their whole flank collapsed and then rallied, weapon breaking and being repaired the just in the nick of time, you know, to get a critical hit. And 
it, it is, it was really, really cool, <laughs> you know, but again, yeah, I'm imagining all that stuff. And, and the face to face aspect for me is to get to see all these people and to talk to these people. And, you know, then you have takes, take a half an hour there to talk to each other about how your personal life's going and stuff. And, you know, for me, that's another huge aspect of um, getting involved in the board game and then developing good friendships around the, the game. So, but yeah, we've talked about the components before, and we've t- and we've talked about the larger map sizes. I think just an episode or two ago. Yeah, that uh, it would be nice. It would be nice. <clears throat> but I again, I go back and I compare it to uh, reading a book. And are you willing to read a really good book? Or will you only watch the movie? And it, it's kind of when, once you get into a book and you get into the detail and you relate to the characters, I mean, it's amazing. And I, I guess I'll, I'll compare it to Game of Thrones because that's very popular right now on HBO and people are loving watching it. People also loved the books and the books are absolutely gigantic. So if you're willing to um, let your imagination work with you a little bit and get through the rules squad leader can be very engrossing and uh, i'm going to say hello to somebody that just joined us here it's, hey uh, guys alan hey how you doing pretty good so tell it where you where are you uh beaming in from uh, ireland ireland oh sweet well we got mark mark humphreys over here is in we should have known uh, from your name donald uh, yeah is that we pronouncing that right no not quite but most americans can't Give it's uh, a- you break it before the end so it's do now Do now, do now, do now, do now, Jeffrey. I will keep practicing. And uh, are you? We've been talking to Eddie, who uh, joined us today from Tennessee, not too close to Ireland, but he um, he doesn't play squad. He doesn't play squad leader, but he's uh, very interested in it. But don't now. You look very young. Well, I'm mid thirties. So Um, you're playing, huh? And you like Squad Leader? Oh, yeah, 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 big time. Maybe like 15 years. Okay, since young guy. Excellent. And you have uh, a good group around you that you play with? Not anymore. Uh, the guy who used to run the local game shop was a big Squad Leader player. Um, so there was a lot of back on. <laughs> hmm? Did they send him to prison for that? No, shop closed down. Shop closed oh, down. That is yeah. sad. Yeah. So But you're you're managing to carry on. Yeah, he's still involved in the hobby and there's a few other guys around, but they're very part time. Yeah. And are you doing anything to try to bring other players into the game? Uh bits and pieces. There's a local um college based uh gaming group, but uh not too much interest there for squad leader. Mm. Unfortunately. Do they play other war games, or what kind of what do they play? Uh, a lot of pick up and play stuff. They're young, really young guys, college age, you know. Ah, uh, yeah. Munchkin, etc. Oh, right. Okay. Anything they can uh, get it over with in one night, they're pretty happy with. Gotcha. Well, um, I don't know. I think there's a good possibility that uh, at some point there'll be a renaissance of the game. I mean, <laughs> We kind of get an idea that the, that uh, the current player population is pretty substantial, just based upon how many people listen to the show and write to us. Mm. You know, and we ask the guys at MMP, how many people actually play this game? Because we wonder, you're putting a lot of time and money into this. 
how could this possibly pay off? Uh, but they won't give us an answer. But we got to think. I don't really know, actually. Yeah. 10000 No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how many people do you need to play this to keep it going? How many people play an MMO? Like, uh, which? what's the big one that you play, uh, Eddie? Well, uh, okay. So if you want to talk numbers, <clears throat> when you say take a game like World of Warcraft, okay, I, I don't play that one, but that that's the big one in our industry. And they boast, you know, anywhere between 9 and 10 million players right we're talking millions so that's one game now if you take another game uh there's not the there's some that are kind of like a free-to-play model where you don't have to pay a subscription fee and some of those games they boast 35 million players you know everybody is talking millions when you start talking about these video games so when you say substantial and you say ten thousand, i'm thinking you know that's kind of what I have in my neighborhood and I guarantee none of them play or maybe one of them do. So when you talk substantial player base, you know, uh, that's why I'm saying it's kind of a dying thing. It feels like, you know, how, how do you compete with, with that kind of market? What, what do you need to do to make people see, Hey, you know, here's a board game. Yes, it's a board game, but here's how you can make it fun. And I kind of like how you were saying there's, there's narratives that you can bring to even a, a board game. You know, you're, you're talking about, you know, this dynamic fight where these people were flanking and this guy got a lucky machine gun shot. But the thing is, in order to hit that level of storytelling within your board game, you probably have to have some experience with the game and get, get past that initial learning curve of how many dice do I roll? Uh, what what modifiers do I add to the you know attack roll? And I don't think a lot of people have that initial patience to do that. Right. Well, um, we're just we're going to welcome Stephen Hicks, who has just joined us. Stephen, are you there? The picture of Stephen. That's a pixelated picture of Stephen. Uh, we don't hear him yet. Well, maybe he'll be joining us shortly. Well, is it time to do a little show and tell with the Reiko box? Yes, Jeffrey, yeah, I think that's a good our idea. sponsor today is the Reiko box. We talked about this on a previous show. Thought we can give you a nice look at that. Got some sliding locks right here in the front, and the trays are. Should we have music? Nice compartments to them, and it's layered. Here, uh, take an opportunity to show how you can construct that. Super phrase over here if you have a lot of cards you can fit in there. Spinning one on this side. So anyway, that's what that looks like we were talking about before. Too bad there's no music with that. <laughs> Rich, Spooky, we need to have you on again with your new charts. Yeah, we can talk about those today or on another occasion. Uh, we have plenty of other guests here to talk about different things. It's up to you. How much time do we have, Jeff? Uh, we've just got a few minutes. A few minutes left because we're trying to keep these shows down, at least now, for just a half an hour. So, Because uh, we're still new at this. We're trying to figure out how this format's going to lay out and how it's going to work the best. So. 
I do want to support though what Eddie was saying. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I wish he didn't. I wish he didn't say it, but he's, he's correct. He is right. It does. It does the, the, the sport or the sport or the game does appear to be uh, kind of dying on the vine. And those of us who play it are getting older. We're not getting any younger. There doesn't seem to be that many younger people coming in for a number of reasons. And I'm concerned about that. I, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. I, you know, you guys are probably doing more than any other folks I know of to try to bring new younger players into the game through your podcasts and through your enthusiasm and things like that. And that's terrific. And that's why I support you like I do. But, uh, you know, I am concerned and Eddie's right. Eddie's right on. And he's a great, a great observer of the gaming industry. And, and I think he's spot on. And I think it's important that we, you know, do something to try to, you know, bring the game back to life because, you know, when I was 15 or so, it was very exciting. But then again, we didn't compete with computers. No, these days, um, the thing that makes Squad Leader intriguing is if you like to be unique. If you like that. Just, you say, I play this game that only 10,000 people in the world play. Are you saying it's a hipster uh, sport? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's for the elite. It's actually something we don't admit to people we actually play. Right. <laughs> That's right. It's a so, niche. It will always be a niche. That, yeah. It probably that's probably true, Mark. And it always has been, actually, hasn't it? That's right. That's right. It, because I think we can live with it being a niche. Uh, if if you changed it to make it attractive to the mass market, it wouldn't be interesting to the current players anymore. We just have to live with the fact that we will always be a niche. If if to make the game popular with today's mass market, with today's video generation kids, would just, you'd have to change the game so drastically that it wouldn't appeal to us. So, like, every generation has its hobbies, every generation has its fads. Um, as long as I have enough players to play with till the day I die, I'm happy. I, I, don't, I don't think it's necessary to try to convert the world because that's a losing proposition um as long as we our current generation has uh, opponents then that's fine then the next generation will go on to what they enjoy it's part of life things don't last forever except monopoly very very well said yeah i think, I think on that maybe we'll uh we should close the show we probably have to say goodbye folks yeah. Uh, we want to stick to our uh, half hour ish format. So we really appreciate all you guys that joined us. That's it's great. We'd love to see you again next time. We will post a week or so in advance. We don't have a regular schedule for this yet, but thanks everybody very much, very, very much indeed for joining us. And uh, yeah, the show actually kind of had a theme there. Yeah. It worked well. Which we had no idea what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be mass chaos. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you all again for making that work. Thanks, everybody, and uh, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. Oh, team song, nice.
got to hear the whole song. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have a short oh, yeah. version. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're like the guests who won't leave. All right. Yeah. Um, so you have to give up your spot on the couch. Other people that's right. All right. Well, thanks for letting me hang out. See you around. Oh, it was great meeting you, Eddie. See you around. Have an early show one of these days. Yes. What, what time would be better for you, Mark? Uh, about uh, two two hours from now. Two or three hours from now would be great. Okay. So it would be later tonight for us. Yeah. yeah. We could do that. I think that's a great idea. You've uh, you've been such a good supporter. We'd love to do that for you. Yes, thank you. And other people over there on that side of the world. So, great. Yeah, because I, I, I keep having to drink coffee just to keep my eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. So that'll do it for this episode. And... Just want to remind you that these episodes are not uh, the, the greatest audio podcast, but they are the soundtracks, and they're not for everyone, but we'll just put them out there so they're available to a wider audience, just for the heck of it. Bye-bye, everybody.